back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you would like to find out more about Awakening Reformation, we are proud members of the Rebel Alliance Media. You can go to rebelalliancemedia.com. There are two other podcasts in this media network, the Rebel Podcast, which is P-Nate and Vanilla Knox from Canadia Land, and they put out their podcast on Wednesday mornings. And then we do a podcast on church history with our kids called Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. It's a shorter podcast meant for families to listen to, and that comes out on Monday mornings. And what else does the website give us? We have blogs, articles, teaching series, all kinds of good stuff. And the blogs come out typically on the weekends and the days the podcasts are not coming out. We yep. get you some blog posts as well. So every day of the week, there's something new to be found on Rebel Alliance Media. Yep. So go check out rebelalliancemedia.com. Also subscribe to it on your podcast catcher or in iTunes. Leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it and it helps us get the content out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Everywhere I walk around, I see this story on the news, and this is about the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh Mm -hmm. to the Supreme Court. What has come out is that he has a woman from his past who has surfaced and accused him of sexual misconduct, dating back from when she was 15 years old and he was 17 years old. They're both minors at the time that the alleged incident happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And just the other day, there was another woman that surfaced and made similar accusations against him. So you can kind of just Google and find out what accusations have been made. We don't have to get super explicit. Basically, it was just drunken teenage parties, and Mm -hmm. there was sexual misconduct. And they're alleging, like, rape, right? I think they kind of just said they felt pressured Uh or they felt that he'd gone too far. I think the second accuser said she um, was exposed or he exposed himself to her. Okay. I don't even think there was any uh, physical contact or anything. I think he just allegedly exposed himself to her. Gotcha. Um, In all fairness, Mm -hmm. if this is true... It's terrible. Right. Um, and we do think that justice should be served, right? Even if yeah, they were both any... minors. Yeah. Um, if it's not true, we're going to talk about this a little bit tonight, like what God's law has to say about the situation. But, I mean, a lot of the details are very sketchy. They basically said they don't remember most of it because they were drunk themselves, and it was like 33 years ago. Yeah. They said that they don't know who was in the room with them. They don't remember where it happened or exactly how it happened. They just remember having like certain flashbacks, and they're pretty sure it was him. It was Justice or, uh, nominee Justice Kavanaugh mm-hmm. who was the perpetrator. Right. They're not even necessarily certain. Um, and they basically just called for an FBI investigation to be done to either affirm or deny their repressed memories, I guess. Okay. Which is not how the FBI works, but... Through hypnosis. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, and they don't even remember who was there with them, so I'm not exactly right. sure how that investigation would yeah. go. Who do you question? Um... So, so that's kind of the backstory. That's the gist of it. Obviously, depending on which news source you're 
tuning into, you'll get mm-hmm. a, one slant or the other. About him, too. Yeah, or the women, I suppose, if you go to a more yeah, right. you know, right-leaning network. Yeah. Basically, so all this is going down, and this is not, like, the first time this has happened with, a new, with this new Me Too movement happening. Right. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of people who have had accusers come out saying all kinds of atrocities and making all kinds of claims against them from politicians to pastors and everything in between. There have been a lot of men who surfaced in the last couple years whose lives have been ruined by their own doing or by the doing of a false accuser. Yeah. So we wanted to take this story of what's going on with uh, nominee Justice Kavanaugh right now and take the wisdom of God's word and specifically God's law and apply it to this situation. So what would happen if we were to take scripture, God's law, and the wisdom that's there Mm -hmm. um, and apply it to this situation? Right. And we're not saying he's guilty or innocent because instantly I feel like people are going to be like, oh, they think that he's innocent or they think he's guilty. And we don't know. We really don't know. Right. We'll talk about that. It's really hard to know with the type of you know, media outlets and how they run stories and stuff. It's almost impossible to really know. Mm -hmm. Um, But just for the sake of us being fair, we're going to just give you three options. Because either he is guilty. Right. Either um, the stories have been skewed a bit and they just had like a fornication. Right. Yeah. They both got drunk at a party and had sex outside of marriage. And now she regrets it. And that, that guilt is now... Um, being turned into, like, victimhood. Yeah. That's a possibility. Well, that's what we're told, is if you feel bad about it, which is what you should if you sin, you should feel guilty and shame, but our culture says if you feel bad about it, then that means something wrong was done to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of these situations where it was consensual, both were partying or whatever, end Mm -hmm. up being, he raped me. Well, he must have done something wrong to me because I feel bad. Well, that's, so that's the other option, though, is that it was, in fact, rape. Right, so then, yeah. Fornication and rape are different, mm, yes. no matter what society says. <laughs> yeah. So that would be the two scenarios. Based on these allegations, it's either just fornication between these two, mm-hmm. or the next one would be that Justice, nominee Justice Kavanaugh, I'm just going to say Kavanaugh. Just Kavanaugh. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot for me. Sounds a little bit irreverent, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, or the other one is that he did take advantage of these women uh-huh. in this situation, and that would be rape. Or he's innocent. Yeah. And it's all made up. Mm-hmm. Those well, are the three possibilities. Well, so yeah, so that was the third one, is that mm-hmm. it's just a false accusation. The lady, it's ladies now, right? There's multiple ladies, yeah. yeah. they're bearing false witness now. So we're going to just kind of go through each one of those scenarios and talk about what God's law would say about each one of those scenarios, right? Yep. Okay. So let's start with Sounds the first awesome. one then, fornication. Okay. So for definition's sake, fornication is any type of sexual contact and any type of sexual interaction prior to being united in the covenant of marriage. Outside of marriage. Yes. So whether you're married and you go do that outside of your marriage That's or adultery, you're adultery, yeah. Or you're single and you do it because you're not married. But so either one of them out. were married. Like I said, they were 15, yeah. 17. So clearly yeah, right. it wasn't adultery. It was fornication. Right. So that's fornication. Yes. So what does God's law say about those who fornicate? <laughs> uh, well, you can go to Exodus 22, 16 and 17. Okay. And that says, if a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, 
He shall pay money equal to the bride price for virgins. All right. So the very get go when it says seduce, this means that he wooed her. He wooed her, mm-hmm. flirted with her, convinced her. Um, Threw out his charms. Yes. Throw. So this isn't this isn't rape, but this is. Come on, lay with me, have sex with me, let's get together, let's hook up. Well, kind of like Proverbs talks about this seductress woman. Yeah. She doesn't, I mean, rape men. She lures them in. It says she entices them. So this isn't yet talking about rape. We're just talking Mm -hmm. about a guy trying getting a girl to fornicate. Yeah, he's spitting some game and she falls into it, okay? So not betrothed means that she doesn't have a man that she's set up to. She's not engaged. She's not engaged, Yeah. yeah. Um, now in this time, the man would pay a dowry to the wife's father. Mm-hmm. Basically what this law is, or the punishment rather, to, to pay the bride price and marry her. Or if the father says, no, I'm not giving my girl to this disgusting dude who just wanted to take advantage of mm-hmm. uh, my girl um, outside of marriage and not commit himself to her. That man still had to pay the bride price. The bride price. What we see though, is that they don't care about the perpetrator. He needs to make restitution. Regardless. And the family has been damaged because now being pure in that time was a very big deal. And so now this guy has ruined that for that family. Mm-hmm. God cares about that. So he's going to put in place something to make restitution. Mm-hmm. So you either marry this girl because that's how you're acting. You're acting married. Yeah. Or if the dad's like, you're scum, I don't want you to marry my daughter. I don't want you yeah. in my family. You still had to pay the price, which I mean, it wasn't like, you know, 10 bucks. Here you go. I mean, it was a lot of money. It was a substantial amount. Yeah. Interestingly enough, just like when God called Adam to the mat, God calls the man here to the mat. You know, very little is really said about the woman right. outside of how she should be cared for after this mm-hmm. incident is done. The The thrust of the punishment and the onus is on the man right. to make amends and to try yeah. and uh, fix the situation that he's created. Which is really interesting. I've heard people talk about how the Bible speaks of women like they're cattle. You know, like basically he's going to buy his wife. And that's so cold and calloused. I can't believe the Bible would speak of a woman like a slave or an animal or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't think that's what this is saying at all. Actually, I think it's just the opposite. Because in that time, a woman's purity was um, vital to her making a good marriage, which was would then secure her future, right. you know? Uh, she needed a husband and children to be secure in her older age. Mm-hmm. And if she didn't make a good marriage, it could mean poverty for her. It could right. mean abandonment, and she could essentially have to either prostitute herself out or try and find another means of survival. But here, God is still saying, like, even though this woman's going to be ruined, regardless of whether the man will marry her or not, she's still going to receive that dowry. She still has value. She'll still have, like, a a means for survival. Mm -hmm. So it's actually the opposite of her being treated like a slave or cattle. It's actually God's means of protection upon her. Yeah, like fiscally providing for her. Yeah, just literally surviving. Survival. Because possibly, in that time, uh, a guy wouldn't have wanted to marry her after this. I think probably a guy wouldn't want to marry her after this. Yeah, and so now, yeah, now she probably won't have a family... And be able to have kids and yeah. be provided for that way. So yeah, just like you said, now now she has a means. Yep. So that's that's good. So if the woman is the perpetrator of sexual immorality after she gets married, it mm-hmm. was customary in Jewish marriages for 
um, on the wedding night for them to put a cloth under the woman. And when they consummate the marriage, yep. a woman would bleed for the first time because she right. was a virgin. And then they would actually hold that cloth as evidence of her virginity. One of the things that could happen to a woman is that if she did not bleed, she could be accused of basically being promiscuous. Well, lying because she didn't say anything beforehand. Yes. Hey, I've been, I've had sex before. Yep. And so he married her um, under false pretenses. Yep. Um, so in Deuteronomy twenty-two thirteen, it says, if a man takes a wife and goes in her and then hates her and accuses her of misconduct and brings a bad name upon her saying, I took this woman and when I came near her, I did not find in her any evidence of virginity. Then the father of the young woman and the mother shall take and bring out the evidence of her virginity, which would have been that cloth with the blood on it, mm-hmm. to the elders of the city and the gate. And the father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man to marry, and he hates her. And behold, he has accused her of misconduct, saying, I did not find your daughter in your daughter evidence of virginity. And yet this is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. Mm-hmm. And they shall spread the cloak before the elders of the city. Then the elders of the city shall take the man and whip him, and they shall find him a hundred shekels of silver and give them to the father of the young woman, because he has brought a bad name upon a virgin of Israel, and she shall be his wife. He may not divorce her all of his days. But if the thing is true, so she had, in fact, been promiscuous and not, you know, been truthful about it. Mm -hmm. So if this thing is true, that the evidence of virginity was not found in the young woman, then they shall bring up the young woman to the door of her father's house, and the men of the city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring in her father's house. So much different situation than yes than the other one. Yes. So yeah, we see God's equity here in in the passage because now as the woman is the perpetrator or the one who is sinning, yeah. sinning, bearing false witness, and is fornicating that she is the one who bears the penalty. It's not always just the guy's fault or somehow the man's fault. Mm-hmm. God is fair. Yeah. So. There is definitely equity there. Yeah. Um. So that's for fornication. Right. So if Judge Kavanaugh had fornicated with this girl when he was 17, she mm-hmm. was 15, it's not statutory, it's not, you know, any, like a, a adult with right. a, a minor or something like that. They were both minors. Mm-hmm. What would God's law then state about that sin of fornication that they committed? He should have married her. He should have married her? Unless the dad said, no way. Yeah. And then worked out, you know, an agreement to make restitution for... What was lost. What was lost. Yeah. So we don't do dowries anymore. Yeah. Like they did back then. So whatever he could have done to make restitution would have been what young Brett should have done. Mm -hmm. Meaning going to the people who were at that party and saying, this was my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done this. If it affected a scholarship, if it affected something like that, now he has to make restitution for what was lost. If she lost some type of you know, scholarship in the mm-hmm. process or whatever it was, there's a restitution that yeah. should have happened had that been the case. And going to her dad and asking, mm-hmm. what can I do to make this right? Or who was in charge of her, whoever her legal guardian would have been. I don't know if she had a father, but mm-hmm. if she was raised by a single mom or her grandparents, right, whoever yeah. was in charge of her fiscally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that would, I mean, that would follow God's law. God's law in that way. Yep. Now, what about rape? 
What if, in fact, her allegations are correct Mm -hmm. and he did force himself upon her? Um, What does God's law have to say about that? All right. So talking about rape, reading from Deuteronomy 22, verse 23, it says, If there is a betrothed virgin and a man meets her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone Sorry, you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Verse 25. But if in the open country a man meets a young woman who is betrothed, and the man seizes her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. But you shall do nothing to the young woman, She has committed no offense punishable by death, for this case is like that of a man attacking and murdering his neighbor, because he met her in the open country, and though the betrothed young woman cried for help, there was no one to rescue her. Verse 28, if a man meets a virgin who is not betrothed and seizes her and lies with her, and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give to the father of the young woman fifty shekels of silver and she shall be his wife, because he has violated her. He may not divorce her all his days. So, there has been many blogs and articles written about how the Bible justifies rape, how the Bible forces a woman to marry her rapist. Mm -hmm. It basically gives you two types of women, one who is betrothed and one who is not. Right. So for the woman who is betrothed, which is like an engagement period, but there was more... There's more to it. it more was, legality. Yeah. Uh, more invested into the relationship. It wasn't like how we have engagements today. There was... It yeah. was more commitment. It was more substantial. It was almost like they were married. Yeah. Well, and it even says because it was his neighbor's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really was seen as marriage pretty much. Almost, yeah. So if she was betrothed and it happened in the city and she didn't cry out, she could be held liable as well. Right. She couldn't say, oh, he raped me. They're like, well, you didn't cry out for help. And there were dozens of people around. Right. It's like, funny, you were in the room next door and your mama could have heard you cry for help. If you were then to turn around and play the victim card, even though you could have asked for help and you could have gotten out of the situation, but you didn't, mm-hmm. it reveals that there was something in your heart that was okay with that. Right. Um, that interaction. Yep. So you are held liable for sexual sin as well because you obviously weren't trying to get out of it. If she had this offense happen to her far out into the country mm-hmm. where there was no one to help her, no one to hear her, even if she did cry out for help or not, it wouldn't have mattered because there was no one there to help her. Right. And in that situation, it says that the man can be put to death. Right. And there was no wrongdoing on her part. Mm-hmm. She was innocent. So even if she wanted to look for help, where was it? And again, this was in a time where walking a few miles took a really long time. So out in the open country could be very far from... Well, and dangerous. People didn't yeah. really venture off outside of the city gates because it was dangerous. Yeah. And then that leaves the the single woman, the woman who is not betrothed. Mm-hmm. And it says for her that the man, regardless of where it happened, doesn't specify in the country or in the city. Or whether she cried out or not. Yep, doesn't matter. Basically, for this girl, what needs to happen regardless is that this man who assaulted her needs to pay that dowry price. 
Yep. And so a dowry, again, like we talked about a little bit already, it was like three years wages. This was Mm -hmm. a lot. And so if he violated this girl, he tried to, you know, use her and lose her. She would now probably not find a husband. And so the dowry would offer her... Security. Yeah, security. Yep. The requirement with father's approval, family approval, was that they were to get married and that the guy was not allowed to divorce her. Instantly, this is like, how could this be in the Bible? This seems so (laughs) far from the heart of God. It's because we are reading it through our cultural lenses, I think, and it just seems so preposterous to us in in a day where women have careers and women have support groups and women have a means of survival outside of their fathers. And even in our society in America, in our justice system, when a woman is raped, is does justice typically happen? I mean, most of the time, because I'm like a true crime fanatic, most yeah. of the time, men get a slap on the wrist. So like in our in today's society, a man may go to jail for a year or two, and that's mm-hmm. like in very rare cases. Yeah. And how does that benefit the victim? It doesn't benefit the mm-hmm. victim. She's still hurt, hurt, violated, out her reputation. Yeah. Um. We were talking beforehand about how for the rapist, he often gets to go to jail, and then there's some type of program where he can like basically get rehabilitated. And the victim typically doesn't receive any type of benefits. No money. No insurance to get her own counseling. I mean, there's no benefit for the woman. Typically, it's just more embarrassing. So in God's law, for the woman, she was taken care of regardless of whether or not her father thought it a good idea for her to marry yeah. the, the guy who um, raped her or forced himself on her because she still had that money that he then had to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. So for the rest of her days, hypothetically speaking, she would be cared for. Yeah, because she'd still be in her father's house. But now with a dowry as well. So that would take care of her family and things of that nature. But the victim was cared for. The perpetrator was not cared for. I just want to make sure that guy paid his due and was held responsible for what he did. So he wasn't allowed to just violate her and move on. And the Mm -hmm. father could decide he didn't want her to marry that man. If he was like, heck no, this guy is a violent creep. We want nothing to do with him. Just give us our money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man's reputation is going to be tarnished just oh, yeah. as much as the woman's uh, reputation was. And just because a woman was raped didn't necessarily mean that she couldn't be married again. It was right. likely, yeah. but it didn't necessarily mean she couldn't get married. Yeah, it's just, they're talking in general cultural norms. Mm-hmm. So, But there's an interesting story in Second Samuel 13 where... One of David's, King David's daughters is attacked and raped by her half-brother, Amnon. And during the confrontation, which read the whole chapter, it's kind of long, but it's really interesting just to see the dynamics going on and how ridiculous Amnon is. But she answers him and says, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. And then she says, As for me, where could I carry my shame? So she knows, you do this, I'm not going to be able to get married. And she says, as for you, she even still cares for him, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. So a guy who did that was still looked at as an a outcast. fool, yeah. an outcast, and so his reputation would be shot. Yeah. And and she she even says, go talk to the king, I'm sure he let us marry. And the, the guy is so far gone, he, he doesn't care, he doesn't listen to her. 
and rapes her, and eventually her, uh, Tamar's other brother kills him. So, yeah. <laughs> happy ending to a tragic story, but you see there that There are a this... lot of brothers that avenge the rapes <laughs> yeah. of their sisters. Yeah, uh, in Genesis, you were talking about, uh, it's Dinah, correct? Dinah and Shechem. Yeah, so, go read that story too, it's similar, where she is raped, and then there's a lot of bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you see how this law actually shaped the culture too, though. How she knew she couldn't, probably wouldn't be able to get married, and even he would be affected by it too. Well, monetarily, and then his reputation. Because, like you said, in an agrarian society, mm-hmm. you have to imagine if you are considered a fool, no one's going to want to do business with you. No, no one's going to want to um, just live around you and work around you. So yep. you're basically ruining your own livelihood as well as just your chances of having a happy marriage someday. Yeah. It's gone. You're yeah. stripping yourself. And she even said such a thing is not done in Israel. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you that God's law did in fact change the way rape or how common rape was in that society. It mm-hmm. was outrageous. It wasn't heard of. How common mm-hmm. is rape today? We yeah, have a hashtag, sad. you know? Yeah. It's so common. Obviously, our laws on rape are not effective, and God's laws are. Right. So we might look at God's law and think, that's really strange, but obviously God's law was more effective than ours. Yeah. And just to reiterate, like we were talking to, God's laws, though many people say they're so intense and just so harsh, Mm -hmm. they are so victim-focused in what they care for. You see how high God values the victims, not the perpetrators. Yeah, he cares more about the woman being cared for all the days of her life. Right. Um, more than a guy going to jail for two years and being, you know, quote-unquote rehabilitated. Yeah. Getting a free education, free meals. I mean... Free therapy. Yeah. Everything else. It's just not... And she's, like, calling her insurance, seeing if, if they cover counseling with yeah. a psychiatrist or psychologist or something, you know. Yeah. So then the last possible option or the last possibility in this Kavanaugh debacle would be that she's lying, mm-hmm. that these women are lying. And if that is the case, if a woman is lying, this woman is lying about the things that he did to them, Yeah. what would God's law, how would God's law um, basically come in and speak into that situation? Like, what would happen to the women who were the liars? Right. So, yeah, God's law addresses false witnesses yeah. in court. Which is one of the the Ten Commandments. Do not bear false witness. And in Deuteronomy 19, starting in verse 15, it says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that has been committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. If a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, then both parties... To the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in office in those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him, the one who is accused falsely, Mm -hmm. do to him as he had meant to do to his brother. And so you shall purge the evil from your midst, and the rest shall hear and fear and shall never again commit any such evil among you. What would the penalty be if it was true that he did in fact rape her? What would happen to him? So let's say 20 years in jail. Then then she should have 20 years in jail. Right. If it is being registered as a sex offender, 
she should be registered. Then she should be a, registered as a sex offender. Right. I mean, whatever the penalty for the crime would be, should be then put on the false witness, flipped around, and put yeah, onto exactly. the liar. Imagine how many fewer accusations there would be if we actually followed the wisdom of God's right. law. A lot of people are saying, well, that is if you actually did a proper investigation. I mean, how and many... And had two or three witnesses even to start with. Right. But a lot of times women get like the the pity from a jury or pity True. from a judge and stuff. But if you keep reading in that section, it says, your eye shall not pity. It mm-hmm. shall be a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot. Yeah. Saying, you can't look at that pretty blonde woman and think, yeah, but I just, I can't sentence her to jail. That yep. just doesn't seem right. No, that's not what God's law says. Mm-hmm. It's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And why? It's because they, God is saying no one else will commit this crime. Right. By you properly punishing this crime, you're preventing more crimes from happening. Mm-hmm. And bearing false witness was a crime too, yeah. you know? Once again, like, if you look at our court system, it's so screwed up. Yep. But how many injustices happen in American courts because of all the liars, all the swindlers, mm-hmm. the lawyers who are twisting truths, people who testify falsely. Yep. And it's just, it's really a circus. Hardly anyone's telling the truth. It's really just how you can swing your side or your version of the truth. Mm -hmm. And according to God's law, none of that stands. Right. Yeah. That would all be unlawful in in the court. Yeah. If we actually did justice as in in practice law, like God has prescribed, Mm -hmm. like I said, such a thing is not done in Israel. You don't do things that way. There's consequences. Everyone will see in fear. Right. Everyone will pay. (laughs) And so the other thing that we read in that passage was that any accusation for any offense required two or three witnesses. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, these ladies, it's 30-something years, and we've already showed how, like, their accusation wouldn't wouldn't even hold up nowadays because well, it's so long ago they don't remember who was in the rooms so there's no one to testify on their behalf I'm they pretty sure they were in a city they didn't, didn't cry out. out for help right. they didn't go get a rape kit done yeah and there's that new hashtag forming i think why i didn't report it Trump. yeah like why i didn't report it but once again according to god's law had you reported it and you had that rape kit done mm-hmm. that would have been a witness and your testimony would have been a witness two witnesses well and now it's punishable i guarantee you if we treated victims like God's law told us to treat them, then women probably would report it more often too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're agreeing the system is screwed up. Yeah, the system is way jacked up. We we yeah. agree. It's it, whether or not all these accusations are in fact true, or it is just a cry for attention, mm-hmm. which I have to believe some of the people online. Well, and the timing is. I'm not even talking about Kavanaugh. I'm just talking yeah. about like oh, okay, all the women gotcha. who are using this hashtag. Do we really believe oh, yeah. that all the women? I mean, perhaps not. I'm not saying they all are valid, but I'm just saying, regardless, if we followed God's law and punished according to God's law, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't even have that hashtag because such a thing wouldn't even be done. It would be unheard of. Right. Such a thing is not done in America. Yeah. I know as we're sitting here talking through all these things, there's going to be someone like saying, well, that was in the Old Testament. Things have changed. We no longer stone, you know, adulterers and they're, you know, just things that we don't practice mm-hmm. anymore. Right. What would you say to people who would have an issue with how we're applying God's law? Well, I do recognize that the church and the state wield 
different things. Yes. The church is given the keys to the kingdom and the state is given the sword. Mm -hmm. And even back in this time, the king was different than what the priest did at the temple. Mm -hmm. So the priest wasn't at the temple also stoning people. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He was... So we have to recognize that distinction first too. But we see four instances in the New Testament that even use this two or three witness requirement Mm -hmm. for accusations for offenses. Yeah, it's reinstated. Jesus in Matthew 18, when talking about sins done amongst brethren, Mm -hmm. he says that if the person doesn't repent to go get two or three witnesses to bring the the offense to bear in that situation. And then you also see in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, again, with accusations made in the church, two or three witnesses are required to lay the foundation for that accusation. Or bring a charge against an elder. And then, yeah, in 1 Timothy five nineteen, to bring a charge against an elder, you need two or three witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought this one was interesting. In Hebrews ten twenty eight says, Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And so it's kind of interesting that it even implies that needless murder will result from neglecting the requirement of two or three witnesses. Mm -hmm. There's mercy, he even says, with adding this requirement. God put this requirement on there so that there might be mercy. And you're saying in today's society, we're not even necessarily saying it has to be two separate individuals. Things like rape, or in the case of rape, like DNA would be Yeah, there are many different kinds of Um, witnesses. I know that some people will say photographs are a witness, things like, you know, phone records, whatever. All those could be considered a witness. Yeah, there are self-testimony, documentary evidence, physical evidence, like you said. So there's many different things that can be in evidence. We're not saying it has to be a person witnessing with their eyes and that's it. Because if a woman was raped, obviously most rapists don't invite people in to watch them rape a victim. (laughs) But like we said, if if it's her witness saying this man raped me, oh, and here's his DNA. Yeah, there are many different kinds of witnesses. So in today's society, if, if a man who did rape a woman had to turn around then and pay that person, that woman, that victim, Mm -hmm. three years wages and then be registered as a sex offender and all those things. Right. Which would be equivalent to a man um, being known in society. Right. Probably not going to be able to get married the rest of his life. Yeah. I think society would be different. Yeah. I've even heard people say because it says that he can't divorce her all the days of his life, Mm -hmm. but that means that whether she marries him or not, he still can't get married because he still physically became one with her, yeah. one hmm. flesh. Now he can't divorce her. So whether she wants to be with him and be, you know, joined to him in marriage or not, he, he cannot get married ever again. That's the end of his, his line, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know if I would bo- believe right. yeah, that, that's interesting. but it's interesting. Yeah. And I know most of the instances in the New Testament are referring to situations in the church, mm-hmm. but we see the assumption that this is the way you do things. Yeah. This is the way you handle offenses. Yeah. And in Romans 13, Paul says that the civil magistrate is the servant of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So ideally, that servant of Jesus would be looking to the wisest law ever known to man to wield his sword best. Yeah. That's where I would say we should be following this because it's the wisest system of law that's 
ever known to man. And like the Westminster Confession says, we can find the general equity and apply it today. You know, not that we, you know, bring girls to the front door and stone them. Maybe her father's not alive. You know what I mean? Like there's just stuff that you apply the general equity to to today, but that the wisdom is still there Mm -hmm. with God's law. And there is an element of forgiveness. Yeah, we see mercy that God extends always in Verses like First John one nine. If we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive us of all unrighteousness and to cleanse us. Yeah, the heart of Christians should always be reconciliation mm-hmm. and repentance. Right. So if there's a way to reconcile a relationship, let's do it. So like, if, if there's two people fornicating, mm-hmm. the obvious best scenario is get married. Even in Paul's writings, he says it's better to marry than to burn with lust. Right. So it's almost preventative too. God's yeah. word is preventative. Don't burn with lust, therefore, you know, enticing you towards fornication mm-hmm. or rape or whatever. Get married. Right. Easy. Done. Yeah. If this is the thing you're having a hard time not doing, put yourself in the situation where you can do that. Yeah. Get married. Get married. But yeah, I mean, we're not saying let's start stoning people tomorrow or... No. We're just saying the justice system is so corrupted and it really isn't justice. Yeah, and the more and more I look at God's law and the way God's law handles the victim and the perpetrator, and I look at our prison system, mm-hmm. I really hate our prison system. Our criminal system, yeah. Our criminal system. We care so much more about the perpetrator and making sure that they are rehabilitated and cared for and fed, housed, clothed, all this stuff, and yet this girl is over here crying, broken, full of shame. Mm-hmm. And guilt. She's hoping her insurance covers Well, and what would happen for the man who was the rapist would be that he'd have a hard time finding work. Right. He'd be the one hungry. He'd be the one dealing with, you know, social anxieties and things like that. Yeah. It wouldn't be the woman. She knows she's cared for. She knows that if a, a good godly man comes around and does consider her, she's still free to marry. Yep. Um... There's, she's cared for in that, in that sense. Yeah, she should feel fine. Yeah. And he should be worried. And he's I may just never get a get job by. again. A girl may never want to look at me ever again. Like, he should be worried about that. And probably won't, honestly, if, in fact, that interpretation is mm-hmm. incorrect, that he is free yeah. to marry someone else. What father's going to be like, yeah, that's the one I want <laughs> right. to marry my daughter. Right, exactly. If he could even come up with another dowry, because he'd already given the dowry to yeah. the other girl he raped. Exactly. So he's scraping up. Another three years worth of income, which is going to be exceptionally hard because he can barely find a job to provide for himself. Exactly. So you just see a whole different view of the situation. The situation. So when we look at this Justice Kavanaugh debacle, debacle, (laughs) keep saying that word, kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't be heard in God's. It wouldn't be heard. It wouldn't be heard. They'd come up and say 30 years ago and they go, why didn't you cry out? Why didn't you cry out? Bye. Sorry, but I mean, if you had then, we'd have a case, but sorry. And if, in fact, it did happen and mm-hmm. you didn't cry out, if you're saying this is true, I promise, mm-hmm. and you didn't cry out, now you're going to be stoned as well. Right. Because you didn't cry out. Yeah. Meaning, obviously, you were okay with it. Yeah. All right. Exactly. It and, just kind of puts an interesting twist on things. Well, and, you know, the false witness thing, too, they would be a whole lot slower to to make an, a false accusation knowing that there's the potential that they are going to get the penalty mm-hmm. that would have gone to the other person if they were found guilty. Yeah. 
based on their And there witness. are way more conversations to be had about how rapidly you would, if you were given the chance to, just mm-hmm. switch to God's law tomorrow. You could wave a magical right. biblical wand and just change all of our stupid laws into biblical laws. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would even say you are more of an incrementalist. Yes. Yeah, I I am for sure, because the heart of God is always slow to anger, mm-hmm. you know? So I can't imagine, find out who we need to stone, you well, know what I mean? who would survive in today's <laughs> know, right? society? There'd be like yeah. no one left. There's a, there's a discipling process that I believe should happen. And our eschatology would say that that will happen. It may take slowly. thousands of years, but slowly the world will um, be covered more and more with the glory of God. And people who want to follow him and follow his ways. Yeah. And so that slow discipling is going to happen. Well, and that starts with Christians um, who are willing to stand for the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And by them becoming more involved in the political spheres, local government, national government, it's going to start by them enacting change slowly but surely. So that at the course of, or at the end of you know a fifty year course, mm-hmm. society does look does look different. Right. It is closer to God's law, but it's not just overnight changing everything. I mean, the hearts of people would never mm-hmm. accept it, right? Because the hearts of people aren't changed. Even people who get upset with Christians being single issue voters, like, well, we kind of have to take it one piece at a time. That's how you enact change slowly but surely, right? And people become more comfortable with certain things. I mean, mm-hmm. look at how the sexual revolution started. Yeah. And now we are where we are today with a almost like a second wave of a, se- a sexual revolution. Right. Yeah. It started slowly. There's been this incrementalism and the Christians need to flip the tables. We need to start doing incrementalism, but the other way. Yeah. And I know some people are looking at this Kavanaugh thing as it's kind of a, a ruse that, oh, this whole sexual assault thing, this rape thing is not really the big issue. The big issue is abortion and Kavanaugh is is going to tip the scales for the pro-life people. Mm-hmm. And that may be true, but Christians need to take all this uproar against sexual assault and rape and everything and go, I agree. And yeah. look what God's word says about it. It yeah. says that the victim should be taken care of in these ways. And, and so let's do that. Let's answer back with the wisdom of the Bible to our society's mm-hmm. uproar, mm-hmm. you know? Well, because the same society that's outraged by these Me Too, you know, victims mm-hmm. are the same people who are typically against capital punishment, would look at God's right. law and say, we shouldn't stone the fornicators, we shouldn't mm-hmm. yeah. kill the murderers, we should rehabilitate them. What would the response be to this Kavanaugh, who they're saying is such a monster and such a villain? Do you want to rehabilitate him? No, they're out for blood. I mean, their own their own ideologies collapse on themselves. Yeah. And they can't even stand. They don't know what they want. Yeah. They just know they are totally against the pro-life uh, agenda. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to do anything they can to stop it. Right. It really has nothing to do with sexual assault. Right. I mean, most of the Supreme Court justices have their own history. Yeah. You know, our presidents. And there have been several people who have had sexual indiscretions and no one seems to bat an eye until mm-hmm. there's the possibility of overturning Roe vs. Wade. So there is a tinge of that, certainly. Yeah. And I am I am not even the biggest fan of Kavanaugh to begin with. I mean, he wouldn't have been my first choice. Right. 
Yeah. He's not the strongest pro-life candidate. Be, yeah, yeah. This is not me standing up and saying, you know... I'm with Kavanaugh. He's a stand-up guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't know him, but I'm just saying it doesn't matter because according to God's law, this is how it this sh- whole issue yeah. should be played out. Right. I'm sure that cleared up everything for everyone with uh, God's law in this situation. For real, though, we want to do more topics like this. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, please comment on the post and let us know your yeah. thoughts. And if you have any further questions about applying God's law to society and how that would look differently. You can ask Pastor Nate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wise man who just loves any and all questions. Early morning, middle of the night, doesn't matter to him. Yeah, it's not like he has kids that he's taking care of or, <laughs> you know, a wife who's pregnant or anything like that. Has that been? Yeah. He's gotten... That's true. It's out on yeah, It's he, out on the social it. medias. He announced it. Yeah, that's true. I think. Congra- congratulations, rights. If not, it's out there now. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we hope you like this episode, and I'm kind of anxious to watch what happens with Kavanaugh. I think it will already be done by the time we release this. We hope you enjoyed it, and as always, we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time... Get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin. The effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark. State. Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3. Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches, will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into naked night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't perceive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. If it was 
wasn't for the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We would all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1, yeah And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause, it changes our natural habitation This situation, it's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted so my dirt was inexcusable with new internal pupils his person is beautiful his worth is indisputable the land is amazing a standing ovation for his work in the crucible so let us respond with true worship and love to the god who was given new birth from above <laughs>